Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. Welcome aboard, ladies and gentlemen. It is March, March Madness, March 3rd, 2023. I cannot believe that it's here, but spring has definitely sprung. Unfortunately, March Madness kicks off with some very upsetting uh, basketball news. We'll get to that in a second. But first things first. Hello, I'm John Schofield, the host of Sing Second Sports. Joining me is Chris Cervello. (laughs) I know. Hello to you. Um, Jerry, you have to see the baby. Right, Um, right. <laughs> Hello, how are you? So, uh, Chris, let's jump right into it. There's a lot to talk about this week. First things first, ladies and gentlemen, we have great interviews. Number one, Xavier Arline, quarterback and attackman for uh, football and lacrosse. He's going to talk to us about balancing that stuff. And Jamie Cook joins us from men's and women's track and field to talk about them punking the entire Patriot League in last weekend's Patriot League tournament. But basketball is what you usually associate with March. The women finished their one-win season by losing to Lafayette. They now go into the Patriot League tournament as the lowest or, yeah, lowest seed. Um, And they'll see if they can kind of get some magic going in that tournament. The men in the tournament last night hosting the quarterfinal round to the American Eagles dropped one 52 to 51. Chris, they had the ball in their hand with about 12 seconds left to get a final shot An emblematic of the game emblematic really of the year. They really didn't even get a shot off. Um, it was a sloppy out of rhythm game the entire time they were out of sorts. American was just stomping them underneath. Deaver had a great game, but in the end, American pulls away, and all that really matters is this is another season of the basketball team making it to the quarterfinals of the Patriot League tournament. Last year, they went to the finals, as we remember, but it does not result in another tournament bid, and still, Mike Heary and and Hassan Booker's teams from 1998 that's the last time that we played on CBS for March Madness. What are your thoughts? Just disappointment, John. I didn't see the first half. I was running around, you know, with kids at soccer and baseball and things like that. But when we were down going into halftime and the score was what it was, I, I was I was worried. But but then I thought, well, maybe they'll have another one of those like amazing second halves that they have. Um, and then by the time I got back and turned on ESPN Plus, I mean, it, it was just an ugly game. We we just. We looked unprepared. We looked unfocused. Um, I mean, it was great that we had that chance at the end. We didn't deserve that chance. And I mean, we, you know, the outcome was probably what it should have been. American beat us. I mean, they played better than us. And yeah, you're right. I mean, it's another like season that we had a lot of potential and we made a run and, you know, another team that doesn't make the tournament. I think something's got to change. I mean, I don't want to get into it now because I'm sort of grumpy about it, but something's got to change. The, the Naval Academy is a good enough school. We bring in good enough athletes to make 
the NCAA tournament out of the Patriot League. I mean, we're in this league for a reason. We should be doing better than we are. Chet and the team have to figure out how to get us to the tournament. It's been too long. Yeah, and and that time for change comes at a great deal of upheaval with the roster. Uh, Daniel Deaver was your leading scorer last night with 18. Congrats to him, by the way, for making first-team All-Patriot League. That, ladies and gentlemen, is deserved. 18 points, nine boards, graduating. Sean Yoder, another great and gutty performance from him, obviously hurting with the left shoulder, uh, registers nine points on a lot of quality minutes. He's a senior. He's gone. Tyler Nelson, tough shooting night, going three for 11. Senior, gone. Patrick Dorsey, senior, gone. Nate Allison, gone. So really, in the end, only Mike Woods, Austin Benini, and Austin Inge are the guys who logged minutes last time last night who will be back next year. And yeah, it's going to be a completely new program, completely new faces. Uh, let's see how the staff uh, accommodates for that. And, and tries to reverse this curse. Uh, let's talk about what else is going on. We've got a really big weekend for women's lacrosse. Women's lacrosse has their home opener tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Where is it not snowing 8 to 10 inches? Oh, down here in Annapolis. It is snowing 8 to 10 inches in Syracuse, New York, where I'm unfortunately going. But in Annapolis, it's going to be a gorgeous night. And at 6 p.m., you can roll out there and see women's lacrosse take on the Oregon Ducks. I'm just interested in what the Oregon Ducks uniforms look like. Uh, but we talked to Charlotte Ryan, the co-captain of women's lacrosse. She'll be on next week. She is a super duper smarty pants and a really, really great interview. So good luck to them as they kick it off. Chris, we also have men's lacrosse with some really important fixtures coming up here. They have dropped a couple. We talked to Xavier Arline a little bit about it in our interview, so we won't waste too much of that. But disappointing results leading into this Patriot League slate. And on Saturday at noon, they take on Lehigh. What are your thoughts on what the lacrosse team has to do to turn around two one-goal losses against Manhattan and High Point and make a run in this Patriot League? I think they just need to come out and play Amplo lacrosse, right? I mean, they, they need to play a complete game. They need to show intensity and passion and they need more offense. If you're a listener, you're probably saying, duh, I, I won't say it's must win, but man, it, it would be really nice to win and begin to get on the right trajectory as you head deeper into the Patriot League season. So without belaboring the point too much more, let's talk to Xavier Arline, not only about this lacrosse season, but about fourth quarters for football, um, how he is balancing those two things and what his goals are. This is Xavier Arline. Enjoy this interview. X, thank you so much for joining the Sing Second Sports Podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, um, Wags has tons of questions for you, but I'll just start it off. The most obvious one. How is the balance going right now? You're doing spring football or how much are you doing spring football right now? I know that that's coming up. There's spring practices, but you've also got lacrosse. You're coming off of a pretty tough loss, um, you know, with the thick of the schedule awaiting you and the Patriot League slate. Tell me how the balance is going. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, we expected it to be tough. You know, I didn't expect it to be easy, um, but, you know, I have a good support, you know, support system around me between you know, my family at home uh, and both coaches on both teams. 
uh, that help a lot. But it's tough uh, in terms of spring ball. You know, I'll be at spring ball practices and those kick up in about three weeks after spring break. Uh, I'll be, you know, attending those and participating in those. Um, but it's been tough so far. There's definitely been some obstacles that maybe I didn't expect to have to go through. Um, but at the end of the day, it's nothing we can't get through. Like I said, the, the support system I have around me is, is you know, is special, um, and I wouldn't be able to do it without them. Um, but it's definitely tough. But, again, I wouldn't change it for the world. What, what was it about your upbringing, or what is it about the Naval Academy right now that's enabled you the, the time management skills and the ability to manage all of these these different effects in your life, you know, athletics is not an easy gig and you're biting off two major athletic, not only endeavors, but accomplishments all at once. Was there something about your upbringing as a kid and the involvement of coaches in your life? Um, you know, that, that kind of set you on this path. Yeah. And it definitely starts at home with my mom and dad. I mean, I think back to it now, it's funny you say that. Cause I just, you know, some thoughts came in my head. Um, like even when I was a kid and I would come home from, you know, middle school or, or whatever type of school it was. You know, there was no Xbox until my school, like even during the week, there was none. It was like schoolwork, you know, athletics and, and do some extra studying, you know, and I was, was wondering, I was like, all my friends get to play. Why can't I, you know, why can't I play during the week? And it sounds so, you know, so dumb back then, but now you, you look at it at a time like this where, you know, you have to time manage or you will fall and, you know, not be able to survive. Um, so they've always had, a, you know, a pretty firm household in terms of, you know, handling my responsibilities and priorities. And I think that carried over, you know, tenfold into, you know, my situation now and, you know, just having the time manage just one sport alone um, and this school alone, but now being able to, you know, balance both. Um, a lot of credit goes back to my parents and the way that they raised me. Um, and then again, just toughness. I mean, there's so many things that can go wrong, so many things that may not go as planned, um, but just being able to, you know, fight through the adversity is something that, you know, I cherish because, you know, I need it. And, and they did a great job, you know, still that in me when I was younger. X, um, we're seeing on social media postings, Twitter, the football players out there in the pre-dawn hours uh, for the famous or infamous fourth quarters. Uh, I think everyone would understand if you could not make those because you have lacrosse responsibilities and other things going on. But I talked to you when you first started this endeavor and you said you were going to be out there for fourth quarters because you felt as a leader of the team, you needed to be, have you been doing the fourth quarters? Yeah, I've been out there with the team. Um, I've been dealing with uh, a little bit of a muscular rib injury these last couple of weeks. Um, so I've been out there. I haven't participated in these last two fourth quarters, um, but I've been out there supporting my guys um, early in the morning, making sure that they know I'm present um, and just, you know, engage with the team. So yeah, I, I've been out there. So uh, new offensive coordinator, Grant Chesnut, have you had a chance to get up with him, spend some time, talk about his vision for the offense? And if so, uh, what do you think of what he's talking about? Yeah, uh, we've got to meet briefly a couple times. Um, you know, he's he's all about the players, he's all about the team. He just wants what's best for us, you know, which you can't be mad at, you know, anyone just trying to put us in the best position to be successful. Um, we haven't gotten into too many X's and O's. Uh, you know, I go to the football position meetings at lunch and we're starting to, you know, dive into some of the stuff that we're going to be doing. Um, a lot of it's going to look the same, but it's going to be a lot that's different. Um, so, you know, as we move on in the next coming weeks, we'll be able to see what those changes are and what those, you know, new uh, those nuances are to the offense. So I'm excited about that. But we haven't gotten too many X's and O's. I don't know exactly the direction that we're going, but um, it should be good. I'm looking forward to it. So I don't know that spring practice dates have been announced publicly, but I mean, we're obviously going to be, you know, March into April 
Um, when that occurs, I mean, how that's when the real juggling act is going to begin as far as having to try to balance practicing both football and lacrosse. You can't really do both there at the same time, pretty much. Um, I mean, kind of what is the plan for when spring football practice is head to head with lacrosse practice? Uh, yeah. So when spring ball starts, football takes priority. Uh, I'll be at, you know, I'll be at all spring ball practices. Um, and if there's a lacrosse practice on that day, I'm gonna have to miss it. Uh, but the football practice, football spring ball doesn't happen every day of the week. So I think either two to three times a week. So on those days that I'm not at spring football, I'll be at lacrosse. Um, and then, you know, participate in the games. Um, but if there's a conflict between, uh, you know, spring football practice and a spring lacrosse practice, I'm, I'm gonna be at spring football. Uh, it's just important to be there. That was part of the agreement that we made, you know, with Coach Newberry. Um, so I'm going to stick to that. So I'm sure you've plotted out the schedule and taken a look at all of the conflicts. Is there a possibility that you could miss a lacrosse game because of spring football? I know a lot of times on Saturday mornings is when they engage in some inter-squad, you know, good-on-good good type scrimmaging. Um, what Any chance that you – or could you possibly do both? Could you do a morning – Bring football practice and then play lacrosse in the afternoon. Yeah, most definitely. That's definitely a scenario that could come up. Um, still got to take a you know deeper dive and, and look in, into what we got and, and the timing of everything. Um, but it's definitely a possibility. Um, you know, I was kind of talking to my dad about it. It's just it's just going to be what it's going to be. Like, it's going to be tough. Um, never said it was going to be easy. Um, I have to, you know, be juggling a lot. Might be tired. Have to get extra recovery in between a practice and a game. Um, but... I think that scenario is definitely going to come up here and there. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of just – it's hard not to look forward, you know, especially because of, you know, how serious it is and how important it is to me. But I'm trying my best just to be where my feet are right in this moment um, and just, you know, attack it day by day. But you're definitely right. There's definitely going to be some conflict. Um, but, you know, we'll handle that when it gets there. We'll be prepared. And I'm sure both coaches will, will do their best to, to handle it and help me help me through it. So – so X, let me jump in here during Wags's Q&A. On top of everything that you've talked about, the only thing that I've been thinking about while you've been talking is how many credits do you have this semester? Like, <laughs> what, what else yeah. are you balancing on top of this? And please don't tell me you've got like five collateral duties in your company too. Yeah, no. So I, uh, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I have 17 credits right now. I actually at the oh. six-week yeah, six marking period, I finished with a, with a three-one, which is the highest I've ever done here nice um for some that might not be so high but for me you know that's pretty i feel like it's pretty good and uh, the schofield house at 3-1 is like absolute honor grad um, <laughs> that, that's that's amazing and before wags gets back to you what, what are your thoughts like what are you majoring in and what are your thoughts early on about about service assignment have you already kind of placed something in your head about what kind of uniform you want to wear when you graduate uh yeah I, i'm a general science major right now um so you know, some of those classes aren't necessarily what I love to do. Um, but in terms of service selection, I really haven't narrowed it down. I want to, this, the flying community sounds cool to me. It always has interest in me just because of what I've heard. Um, you know, the things they do and the people that are in that community kind of like, you know, it kind of feels like me. Um, but then again, I've always wanted to be in a position where I could lead others and you know, have, have an opportunity to influence others, you know, lives and, and, you know, days. Uh, so that kind of brings me to swell, even though some people have a lot of negative things to say about it. Um, I, I feel like that's just, you know, being in a position to lead. And, and then on top of that, just being able to, you know, travel the world and do stuff like that seems kind of interesting. So I'm kind of in the middle, but that's, that's kind of my main motive is to be able to lead people. 
Yeah, don't listen to the SWO haters, X. Uh, yeah, the SWO community makes only the finest naval officers that are out there. <laughs> Wags, continue, please. Well, X, you're on the uh, cover of USA Lacrosse magazine, along with a couple other uh, football-slash-lacrosse players. Uh, Ricky Mizan from Virginia and your buddy Dante Trader at Maryland. Uh, excellent story, and I encourage folks to read that. It was written by Patrick Stevens, a good friend of the pod. But um, how cool is that? Oh, that's awesome. Um, just, you know, a bunch of guys just living out their dream and having the courage to do it and then, you know, being able to be publicized for it, not just for us, but just, you know, for all these kids that, you know, their parents get the magazine and sit on their kitchen counter and, you know, it's just something they always wanted to do and it kind of just shows them that they could do it. Um, it's also cool that I know all these guys. You know, Ricky kind of had the same situation as me. He was committed to play lacrosse at UNC as well before he decommitted to go play football at Stanford. Um, so we were kind of in the same boat. He was a top five recruit. He might have even been number one in his class when he decommitted from UNC to play lacrosse. Um, so it's just cool to see these guys living out their dream and then not only doing it, but having success playing, you know, for top tier teams in the country and doing what they love. So it's, it's special. So after a very solid start to the season, lacrosse has kind of hit the skids here a bit. Um, obviously, that Manhattan game was a downer, and then you, you know, you went from a low-scoring affair with Manhattan to a high-scoring affair, which you were not able to pull out at High Point. Uh, you come back here on uh, Saturday at home at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium against Lehigh, which is always a top team in the Patriot League. You got to get off to a good start within the conference. Uh, what does lacrosse have to do to turn things around, Xavier? Uh, I think we have to remain true to ourselves. Uh, I think we have a lot of good players. We do. I know we have a lot of good players, but we just need to play more of a unit all the time. And that means within the offense or within defense, and that means together. You know, against Manhattan, you know, the offense shot five for 47. You know, goalie had 22 saves, and the defense held Manhattan to five, you know, five, uh, six goals. And then you go against, you know, high point, and it's the opposite. You know, we score a decent amount, enough to win the game. Obviously, there's obviously possessions we left on the table offensively. But then, you know, you know, they score a bunch of points. So we got to put ourselves together. It's not a blame game. It's it's a whole team effort. We got to be, uh, you know, connected. Same thing with football. You know, it's, it's easy to blame one side of the ball, um, but it's a team sport. We got to we got to be together at all times. So I think we'll be all right. I think once we figure out how to how to click as a unit um, offensively, uh, I think we'll be pretty good because I know you've seen, you know, glimpses. We have we have a lot of good talent on, on our team. Um, once we click, I think we'll be fine. And there's, there's no better you know time to start than this weekend to get against a team that ultimately we haven't beaten in four to five years. So it'll be good. And last for me, before I turn it back to John, I mean, you as you mentioned, you were committed to North Carolina. Originally, North Carolina said you could play football and lacrosse. And then a new football coach came in and nixed that plan. But Navy said, you will let you do this. And um you know, are you no regrets on coming to the Naval Academy? And are you grateful to the the head coaches of both sports that they're working with you to allow you to fulfill your dream? I don't have any regrets. It's sometimes easy to think in tough situations while you're here. You know, what if I could have been doing this? What if I, you know, could have been at this school or that school? You know, just, you know, but I chose the hard route. I did it on purpose because it was what well, was what I wanted to do. Um, you know, nothing worse having a life is easy. Um and, you know, many may criticize my decision uh, for coming and doing both or say I'm crazy because, you know, people always have. But like, again, it's always what I want to do. And then again, um, having the people in the support system allow me to do it, you know, um, obviously with my, my family. But that's a given. But 
um, the coaching staff, the head coach, Coach Nia Matalolo, when he first, you know, when I first visited my senior year, was open to it. And then respect to Coach Newberry for allowing me to, you know, to upholding that agreement and that promise um, this past year um, has been huge. Um, there's a lot of, you know, tough situations that come with it, maybe some that we didn't expect. Uh, but, you know, we're working through those. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of people in the, you know, in this puzzle that are helping my dream come true. So I'm grateful. So X, talk a little bit more before I let you go. Talk a little bit more about the quarterback room. Uh, you know, Ty, your your teammate in the quarterback room just had a birthday as well. I don't know if he turned 21. Um, but you know, what what's your relationship been like with him? You know, as you guys have shared the duties, he's now going through a really tough injury rehab and and getting ready for next year as well. What's that relationship been like? It's been good. And it's funny talking about, you know, in sports, you know, everyone knows you're competing all the time. And um, it's it's cool to know that we have a relationship where obviously we're going to compete. We want the same thing. But at the same time, we're able to kind of put that to the side and and be close and be friends and help each other through situations on and off the field. Um, I can only imagine how tough it is for him you know, coming into to a uh, you know, season ending injury like he did. Of course I want to play, but that's that's not the that's not the way I want to do it. You know, I mean not not through an injury I would never wish on anybody, especially not him. He's a good kid, um, good ball player. Um and you know I'm truly grateful for the opportunity to grow our relationship with each other and not just have it be some some awkward, you know, in quotes, friendship that's not really a friendship. You know, we, we've really built that. You know, we're roommates for all the away games and all the home games that we stay in hotels. So we've built that. Uh, we're always here for each other. Um, and I'm glad to have, have had the opportunity to build that with them. I appreciate you calling it the way that it is, X. Those are great, great lessons uh, embedded in what you're saying, how to be a great teammate and how to support uh, a winning effort. In the end, before I let you go, if you had the opportunity to explain to anyone why the Naval Academy, what has the Naval Academy meant to you over the last couple of years of your involvement, your balance of two major sports, your exposure to, you know, incredible leaders, incredible coaches, incredible teammates, you know, how would you sell the Naval Academy to someone maybe making the same decision? They're like, hey, maybe I go to the Naval Academy and chase two dreams or just one dream of being a SWO, or I go to Maryland and play for Tills and a top five lacrosse team, you know, how do you, how do you make that sale? Well, in high school, for me personally, I had a quarterback. I have a quarterback trainer called Coach Brady, James Brady. And his quote was always, because of the jerseys we wear, we have the opportunity and the responsibility to change our little section of the world, be the best you, not for the betterment of yourself, but for the betterment of everyone else around you. That's always how I carried myself in high school. And then when the Naval Academy came around, I got to pretty much double that. And, you know, add because of the uniforms and the jerseys that we wear, you know, we have an opportunity to change a little section of the world. So just being in here, doing what I love, having the opportunity to play sports at a high level um, and also be a part of something bigger than yourself and have influence on those around you. Um, ultimately, you know, positive or negative outcomes, whatever it is, you have an opportunity to change that and influence people. Um, and then at, on top of that, um, it's the ultimate game of life here you know it's it's adversity things that you're not going to gain necessarily at other schools or as much um you know being able to compartmentalize from you know just getting a 50 on the test and coming out and being you know 
two hours later and, and, and being, you know, having to lead an offense on the quarterback field and there's no time to mess up or, or you're not going to play, you know? So it's just so many life lessons that I've learned over the years. And now that I reflect in my head, as I speak, I mean, it's gone so fast, but there's so many lessons that I've learned throughout the the journey that I don't know if I would have learned anywhere else. And do I think I would have been successful anywhere else and been able to get a good job and be successful and live a good life. I truly do. um, Just based on the way I was raised and, you know, but I think, there was a reason why I came to this place. You know, I wasn't always the ordinary kid and this isn't the ordinary place. Um, you know, being able to come here and do that and lead leaders um, has been truly a blessing. And I'm, I'm excited to finish it out strong for sure. Well, Wags, I think we have our new Sing Second Sports t-shirt. This is not an ordinary place indeed. Xavier Arline, <laughs> we really appreciate the time. It's, it's 0800. You're taking 17 credits and you're playing two sports and you made some time for us this morning Really, really appreciate what you do for the Naval Academy and what you're doing for lacrosse and football. Ladies and gentlemen, roll out to Navy Marine Corps Stadium at noon on Saturday and watch us start our Patriot League slate with a win. X, thank you so much for your time, and we wish you luck Saturday and beyond. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Xavier Arline, cross player, football player, student at the Naval Academy. Thank you so much to him for making time for us. We're going to go to break when we come back. Wags, Chris, and I will have the next interview. This is Sing Second Sports. All right, Sing Second fans, a few announcements from our friends at the Naval Academy Athletic Association. After that fantastic interview with Xavier Arline, let's do a few men's and women's lax reads. Navy men's lacrosse returns to Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium March 4th, this Saturday, as John just mentioned, as the mids take on Lehigh at noon to kick off the Patriot League season. And come celebrate St. Patrick's Day with Navy Men's Lacrosse as they return to Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium on Friday, March 17th to take on in-state rival Johns Hopkins. This is a huge game. The game is presented by Navy Mutual and the first 500 fans in attendance will receive a free light-up shamrock necklace. For tickets, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. On to women's lacrosse. As John mentioned, Navy women's lacrosse is home for the first time this season tonight, Friday at 6 p.m. as they take on the Oregon Ducks. All Navy women's lacrosse games are played at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium and they are free to attend. And then Navy women's lacrosse and then the Navy women return to Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium on Wednesday, March 8th for a 4 p.m. matchup with in-state foe Mount St. Mary's. And once again, all of those women's games are free. So we hope to see you out there for both the men and the women this season. Now back to the pod. All right. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thanks for sticking with us through the break. It is time for our coaches segment. And I don't know too many Naval Academy head coaches who had a better weekend last weekend than Jamie Cook, uh, the director of track and field and cross country, won his fourth Patriot League Indoor Coach of the Year award. Um, as Navy, both men and women, swept the Patriot League uh, tournament last weekend. The most points in meet history for the women, some records being broken on the men's side. Coach, first of all, congrats and thank you for joining the podcast. Um, walk us through you know, what was a really, really special weekend for your program and for your athletes. Yeah, well, again, thank you. And uh, I appreciate uh, you know, getting the opportunity to talk about our team a little bit. Yeah, it was a really it was a really awesome weekend. Our kids did a great job. Um, a lot of work, a lot of preparation goes into this, not only with the kids, but you know, with our staff and support staff, and just kind of 
Um, the fact that we hosted it, um, it was a lot of work involved. And I really want to say a special thanks to, to Bill Givens, who's our, um, our, our, our AD over our program. He's done a, a really good job with getting us what we needed, what we thought was going to be what was needed to run a first-class championship event. And the feedback I got from all the coaches and the league and um, said it's the best event they've ever seen. So we have a brand-new indoor track, uh, a buying an indoor track that has just been phenomenal for our student-athletes. And, you know, I think it really popped this weekend and showed well. So uh, I want to start by saying that. But, the, you know, the weekend itself was, was fantastic. Um, across the board, you know, maybe we were hoping for a couple more first places in some areas. But, um, you know, our depth of our team is what is what is – strongest for us and just um their ability to be unselfish and do what is best for the team a couple kids maybe gave up some some individual championships to score you know 12 points is better than 10 so if they can score multiple events um they were asked to do that and they did a good job for us someone who did a great job and then i'll let wags um hit you up with some of his questions was Bermir Vic. um you know just an incredible athlete, including, well, in, in addition to Bramir Vic, uh, Jack Giome had a pretty darn good, uh, pretty darn good meet uh, himself. He was named the athlete of the meet on the men's side, um, or the Patriot League Indoor Championship track athlete of the meet is the uh, is the proper name, um, and he was the meet's highest scorer. So between Bramir and Jack Giome, you know, what are some of the other names out there on the men's side? you know, who really stood out to you during this meet? Yeah. I mean, Sam Keeney was another one that stood out, you know, winning, you know, the 5k and coming back, getting a second in the 3k, uh, Joshua Boma, you know, wins a shot, but gets second in the weight. I mean, 18 points a piece for both of them is really significant. You know, our relays, something as little as our, our, our anchor for our DMR was a freshman who we just kept in the relays. And, um, he just did a really, really good job. Matt Newell, and, uh, I mean, just to see a kid like that come out in a pressure situation, have the mile to mile, um, the mile anchor leg against a four minute miler and kind of run away from him was, was pretty cool. Pretty cool to see. So some of those things that stood out for them, I mean, Baines Autry, Baines Autry just barely misses his conference record and wins convincingly in the heptathlon, but also runs in the prelim, the third fastest time in Navy history in the hurdles. So, um, for a guy who never hurdled before getting here is, uh, is, is, is quite the accomplishment. That's what the Coach, Naval Academy does. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Wags. Sorry. Coach, I believe this is four in a row indoor titles for both the men and women. Can you talk about kind of establishing a dynasty here? I mean, that's nice when you're able to get like, right? Yeah. I mean, our, our, our goal is to, you know, if we're keeping score, we want to win no matter the competition, usually in, um, army and in the conference meets being the biggest ones. So, uh, our goal is to control what we can control and put the best 32 on the line who can um, just really do the best they can and score as many points as they can for us. Talk about individual athletes such as Jocksky Ohm. Um, you already talked a little bit about Vermeer Vic, but Molly Chapman on the women's side. Uh, you had your talented freshman, Gia Williams, did real well, was rookie of the meet. Uh, just talk about some of the individuals who helped carry you to these championships. Yeah, you mentioned her. I mean, Gia, Gia Anderson, but uh, she's our hurdler. She's been, uh, as a freshman, came in and obliterated the school record and also the conference record in the hurdles. She's run 841. She ran 849 in the trials and then won convincingly in the final. So for her to be able to do that as a freshman is awesome. Molly Chapman um, has been a kind of a just a leader in the jump events for us, specifically the high jump and the triple jump. But now she took on the long jump this year and actually wins the conference in the long jump. 
and just misses the school record. So for her to come in and score, um, I think it was 23 and a half points for us is, is awesome. So you have people like that, Emily Booten, you know, getting second in two crucial events in the 5K and the 3K, I think having multiple school records this year. And then our, our mid-distance women were, were dominant. You know, we win the 4 by 8 we win the DMR. Um, I think we almost lapped the entire field in the DMR. So to win like that is, is pretty cool. And I think that's shows a lot of the depth of where we currently are. We, we do, we do lose a lot of kids this year, but, um, you know, the, the young kids have stood up, you know, kind of, um, sorry, I'm kind of losing my brain, but, uh, they've, they've, they've stood out to us this year. I think they've done a good job. Coach, what goes from here? You, I think you have ECACs and then go on to nationals. What we're kind of tell us what is, uh, the remainder of the season look like? Yeah. So for indoor, we're done with our indoor season. We cut it short a week because um, what we've done over the last few years is, is put less of an emphasis on uh, anything after the conference meet and get ready for outdoors. So we do a 10 day, uh, a trip out to San Diego where we do a lot of things out in Coronado and um, we get two meets out there. So we prepare for outdoors and um, from a budgetary standpoint, it, it makes more sense for us to spend our time focused on outdoors and getting our group together and adding some of those events like the javelin and the hammer and the steeplechase, 400 hurdles, relays, short relays, the four by one, things that we don't get a ch t chance to work on in, in some good weather. So we've done that the last few years and it's worked out well for us. So that's the next step for us. And uh, we're really excited about that. We're taking the largest group we've ever taken out there this year. And everybody seems seems pretty fired up. This week has been more of a a recovery week because we want to make sure everybody stays healthy, but um, yeah, we're, we're ready to go for outdoors. So coach, I'll jump in here before we let you go. Um, you know, the, obviously the idea here is to not only, you know, coach athletes and help these athletes become leaders for our nation, you know, but it's also to beat army. Right. And, and uh, the star meet is coming up on April 1st for outdoors can you preview that a little bit? I think that'll be the next time that we have you and some of the athletes on is in and around the star meet. What, what's it going to be like this year against army? Um, if you can preview that a tiny bit. Yeah, well, we have the, the star meet coming up in about four and a half weeks. So we have, uh, you know, we add some of those events, like we talked about the javelin, the discus, um, the hammer throw four by one, 400 hurdles, steep chase. So we add a lot more events. So we have to make sure that those guys are ready. Uh, I think it's going to be a good meet. We host it. So it's, it's an awesome meet to come see. It's really just beating the person with a different colored Jersey and that's it. It's uh, distances and times are almost irrelevant. It's just a matter of beating that person next to you. And it's the purest form of competition. So, you know, we've done really well in the, in the last few years and we want to continue doing that. And just like you said, I think competition is important. Um, winning is important for these guys. You know, if they're going to keep score, we want to win. And we have a goal. We try to reach it and perform the best we can. Hopefully it works out. But again, if we focus on what we can control, keeping kids healthy, having good effort every day, having a great attitude, um, being positive with our kids sometimes is tough when, you, when you're trying to work on things. But they're dealing with a lot, too. So um, it's a journey for us as coaches and for them to try to get better every day. And we take a lot of feedback and, and try to give these guys as much as we can but don't want to, you know, they have to learn on their own too. So uh, it's, it's just exciting for us. And I'm really lucky to be here. I've had a good, good run here. And I think we're starting to turn things around and actually get some more national class kids 
that, that we hope to get to nationals outdoors, which will be more of our focus. So coach, I wanted to ask about one other athlete. Uh, he's a talented football player, a two sport athlete. We saw him take the, uh, reverse for a touchdown against Tulsa. Talk a little bit about Nathan Ken. He did well at the meet as well. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we recruited Nathan pretty hard and, you know, and we knew that, you know, he was a big, big land for us. We wanted to make sure, you know, he, he wanted to play football too. So we, we, you know, we recruited him and talked to football coaches and the football coaches obviously wanted him to do both. And it's been a good partnership so far. He's really talented and a great worker. Um, I think, you know, he's only, he only came with us from since January 5th, I think, and was dealing with a little ankle injury at the beginning and now he's healthy. So I expect a lot of, I mean, I expect a lot of good things out of everyone. I expect a lot out of him. Uh, freshman year is difficult with all that being said, freshman year is difficult. So we don't want to put too many expectations on him, but for him to get second in the, in the 200 and to get third in the 400, and then to be part of that relay team that, that dominated and set an all-time school record and all-time conference record uh, in only less than two months of training is says a lot about his talent and also says a lot about his ability to handle um, a lot being thrown at him. But a very mature kid and a great teammate, um, just like a lot of our kids are, and he's he's really meshed well with our group. Seems to be the flavor of this podcast as we talked to Xavier Arline uh, earlier in this show as well, uh, the ability to balance all of that. Coach, before I let you go, the difficulty of your job um, really came to the fore a couple of years ago during COVID. You're about to graduate this class that was probably the most affected by the COVID, by the ROMs and everything like that. And we really thought we were done talking about it. But now as you're graduating athletes, we, we really like to get the perspective of the coaches on, on how this has affected you, how your program possibly paused or was affected by it, and how you're achieving success in the aftermath. Talk a little bit about that from the athletes' perspectives and what they went through and what you went through. Yeah, it was really hard because I, I think that year that we got paused, our team was really strong. And it's frustrating for me not to see them finish. Um, also frustrating the next year that our, our cross-country team couldn't compete for a championship at the Patriot League meet. So I thought we lost an opportunity there too. Um, you know, so just a few things that were hit. Um, we didn't have a true indoor championships the next year when we had arguably one of our best teams. So from a competitive standpoint, it's frustrating, but really what you're looking at is, is the impact that it's had on these kids from a developmental standpoint, um, going on into their careers socially. Um, I see it with some of the kids that you, that I have personally, my own two kids, um, it really affected them. And you're trying to create some sense of normalcy and normal is trying to be the best version of yourself and trying to go out there and measure yourself against others and compete. Uh, but at the same time, just, just trying to strive for whatever your level of, of uh, expectation is. And it's kind of a dual partnership that you have as a coach uh, with the athletes to try to, to find the right balance of, of where we stand from a personal standpoint and a team standpoint. So it has been difficult, but I think challenges are part of anything, you know, and, you know, my dad used to tell me, it's just, if you got to work hard at everything you do, you know, that I, I can, I can hear him saying that to me. He's been gone for 20 years and just the work ethic. If you want to be great at something, you got to put the work in and whether it's with a team or you're in a, an isolated room during COVID or whatever you can, whatever you can get done, you find a way to get it done. If you really have those, those intrinsic goals to be the best version of yourself, you're going to find a way. And our kids, 
have more often than not found a way when the, when it's their backs have been against the wall. And that just shows, I think, a, a high level of competitiveness and a high level of leadership that these guys can keep, you know, getting after it in, in the tough times. So really proud of them. I'm really proud of them seeing what they're going to do moving forward. But now I hopefully we're out of the, the, the big part of it and, you know, we'll be uninterrupted moving forward. Great advice and lessons there. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Jamie Cook, going to spend a little spring break out in San Diego. So if you're a San Diego listener, come out and support them at the PLNU Collegiate Invite and the Ross and Sharon Irwin Invitational. And if you want to catch them when they come back to town, March 25th is the Navy Spring Invitational on Ingram Field, the site of many of Commander Schofield's amazing PRT performances. And please circle, ladies and gentlemen, April 1st on your calendar when we get to punk army in the star meet, that will not be an April fool's joke, ladies and gentlemen, coach Jamie cook. Thank you so much for being on the pod. And we can't wait to talk to you again. Yeah. Thanks a lot for having us. And uh, again, come out and support us this spring. Like I said, in the end of March and then that big one, uh, April, April 1st, we'll, we have lots of stands. Everybody's welcome. Go Navy beat army. Indeed. Coach Jamie cook. Thank you so much. We're going to go to break. When we come back, Wags, Chris, and I will take this baby out. This is Sing second sports. One final set of announcements from NAAA. Navy baseball has a jam-packed month of March as the Mids will host home contests every weekend during the month. Join us at Max Bishop Stadium all month long as the Mids host weekend series against UMass, Princeton, Bucknell, Lehigh, and Lafayette. And remember, all Navy baseball games at Max Bishop Stadium are free to attend. And finally, if this one doesn't get you excited, nothing will. Navy football season tickets are now on sale and the schedule is out. The six-game home slate is highlighted by the Service Academy rival game with Air Force on Saturday, October 21st. Get those tickets now. Visit NavySports.com for more information. Now back to the pod. All right, we are back. Uh, It is time to take this out. Wags. I would like to get your perspective. We started off by talking about a very disappointing basketball loss, another, you know, bugaboo for Navy. If it's not going to be Colgate, it's going to be American. And last night it was American. Um, you know, as, as we go out, Chris and I talked about the changes that might be necessary in the program. We don't want to talk about, you know, prognostications or speculation about the coaching staff. But as I said at the, at the end, Deaver going, Nelson going, Yoder going. It's going to be a completely new team next year. Um, only three guys who logged minutes last night are going to be back next year. What are your thoughts about a disappointing night and and what they can do to to reverse this you know long drought of not going to the NCAA tournament? Well, first of all, with regard to the game, it's just a very disappointing performance on all levels for Navy. It was not a typical Navy defensive effort, which is where things start. You know, Ed DeCellis has always preached winning with defense and rebounding, and they got out-rebounded by American. And the offense was just terrible. After going up by 11 points, and they were still up by 10 with about 6.26 remaining in the game. And from there on, the offense just was out of sync. Couldn't get anything done. Deaver was the only one that was really productive. Just a, just a really, really disappointing performance at home. And you and Chris may have alluded to this in the open, but the, the crowd was not what you would expect 
for a home game in the Patriot League tournament. You earn the second seed to get a home game and to get that that atmosphere, and it wasn't there. There was no atmosphere. In fact, American came down with its pep band, its cheerleaders, its uh, pom-pom squad, and it was almost like it was an American home game in a lot of ways. Well, let me interject here, Wags, because I'm so happy you brought that up. Awesome moment there at half as Navy honored all of the other uh, you know athletes who had beaten Army uh, in the season. And a lot of those athletes, you know, grabbed their photo at, at midcourt and then, and then went back, you know, saw coach Brian Newberry in the crowd. That was awesome. A lot of the athletic staff, Matt Munley, Eric Rudin, they were all there. And, and the superintendent section was filled with all of the Naval Academy leadership. The thing that was missing obviously is a crowd and is a lot of mids. And, and Chris and I have lamented this for years We've talked to Mike Keery about it. I do think that the lack of atmosphere plays a role, and it played a role last night because in the second half when they really had a chance to, to get back into it, they just could never get over the over the hump, and, and there wasn't that electricity in the arena, right? Yeah, well, all those athletes you mentioned that got honored at halftime, half of them left. We looked up in the stands, and all the ones, they were gone, the mids, so – yeah, it was disappointing. I was driving onto the yard early at like 6.20, and I saw this massive line of cars that stretched out onto the Naval Academy Bridge, and I'm thinking, wow, the the community is coming out to support basketball. This is fantastic. We're going to have a great crowd. And it turns out it was for some, you know, kids sleeping on the yard. Uh, you know better than I what that is, John. Yeah, it was like drag weekend, um, you know, for for high school students to come onto the yard. And so, yeah, it was it was a kind of a logistical nightmare. And and I'll I'll put a pin in this now. I, I said it on Instagram when I was driving in. When you're hosting a Patriot League tournament game, it's a postseason tournament game. We have to do so much more to engage the local community. Gate one closed at 5 p.m. last night. You can tell that people were like irritable about that. It's hard to get onto the yard. It's hard to be in alumni hall with the terrible internet and the terrible Wi-Fi. And I'm sorry, but fans today want to be on their phones. We're gonna we're gonna have to cater to that. And and the logistics behind supporting men's basketball or any basketball in alumni hall or athletes on the yard is is definitely mitigated by the fact that it's just hard to get there. And I'm not trying to say force protection isn't important, but I think fans in, in seats is also important too, right? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just very frustrating. I mean, one gate open and it's, it makes the ingress very difficult. But going back to your original point, you're, the Navy loses eight seniors, a massive senior class, four starters, two key reserves, and just not a lot of production coming back. This is going to be rebuild mode. Um, you know, we didn't see a whole lot of the guys that were on the bench that will now be forced to step into prominent roles. So we really don't know what Navy's got. Um, so, yeah, the, this is a major transitional year because guys like Tyler Nelson, Daniel Deaver, Patrick Dorsey. I mean, these uh, guys have been key parts of the rotation for multiple years, basically since they were sophomores. They had a lot of success. The last three seasons have been very successful. A lot of winning. Uh, getting to the Patriot League tournament final last year was obviously exciting. But you're right, John. I mean, we're talking 1999 is the last time Navy won the Patriot League tournament. Um, I do not know what Navy has to do to get over the hump, to be honest with you. That's a very difficult 
question to answer, John. And as we go uh, to the next topic here, the paid attendance as per the Naval Academy website at last night's game was 986 people. What can't be lost on this conversation or debate is the fact that Matt Rogers for American played a very, very good basketball game between him and Johnny O'Neill. Those were basically to borrow uh, Wags's coin of phrase, the straws that stirred Americans drink. And that's how we ended up with a 52 to 51 final. We will, as we get into March, ladies and gentlemen, bring on Pete Medhurst, Mike Keery, Ashley Pelzik, so we can kind of finalize, um, you know, the, the basketball season itself and, and what our evaluations are of, of how these teams did and how they move forward. Before we totally move forward from basketball, Wags, one last point from you. Well, I was going to bring up brigade boxing. It was very exciting last Friday night in Alumni Hall. Great, tremendous crowd. Well, while we're on the topic, a lot better crowd in Alumni Hall for brigade boxing than there was for a Patriot League tournament quarterfinal for men's basketball. But uh, a great night, and it's all one of the epic fights in brigade boxing history. Uh, two three-time champions going at it, Aiden McNally, son of Coach Jim McNally and Adrian Johnson. And you and I previewed this bout when we did our uh, uh, you know, last pod and, you know, it was a, a fight lived up to its advanced hype. They went at it toe to toe, exchanging punches and Aiden McNally with his superior height and reach won the bout, but I uh, give Adrian Johnson credit at the very end, he was going for the knockout and he had McNally on the ropes. It was a tremendous fight. And then uh, I found out during the night was been a secret kept well under wraps, but, Jim McNally is retiring after 37 years with Navy. The Naval Academy is both a physical education instructor and boxing coach. On Saturday, his wife had organized a retirement party because so many former boxers were back in town. So many alums come back for brigade boxing. So uh, congratulations to Jim McNally on an incredible career. So much he's done for the Naval Academy. Um, those will be big shoes to fill losing Jim McNally. I just want to piggyback on that. I mean, obviously it will have a huge impact on the boxing team. I think bigger than that is, I mean, you haven't lived until you've been called a coward or a wuss or, you know, whatever the politically correct way of saying it is these days by uh, McNally as a plebe. It, it is an important moment to have him explain to you why you need to get good at getting punched in the face and why, if you're in a bar fight on Liberty in the South Pacific, what you need to do. I mean, he is such a staple of preparing young men and women for adulthood and for, you know, to be a naval officer, man, I, the person, like you said, the person that takes that job, it has huge shoes to fill. So thank you to coach McNally for what you've done uh, for, for my classmates and shipmates and, you know, best of luck. And another opportunity wags for athletes to excel at the Naval Academy will be through the introduction of a new sport. So hello, Stanford. We have 36 uh, varsity D1 sports as well with women's triathlon. Wags, yeah, this is yet another feather in the cap, so to speak, of Chuck Gladchuck as he builds his, his legacy of, of making Naval Academy athletics elite on so many levels, using the revenue generating sports like football and basketball to support non-revenue generating sports like squash um, or track and field and now triathlon. What are your thoughts on yet another sport that gives athletes at the Naval Academy a chance to compete on an elite level? 
Well, I have to say I was absolutely stunned by the news because I'd heard no scuttlebutt whatsoever that the C was even being considered. I've never heard anything about women's triathlon. I mean, ice hockey and boxing are the two club sports that draw the most interest from the you know, fans outside the Naval Academy and among the midshipmen. So I, I, I'd never heard, and rugby obviously had been on that level before being, uh, you know, put in, made a varsity sport. So I, I had no inkling that women's triathlon was uh, being considered for varsity status, but I'm being told that it's quote, an emerging sport in the NCAA. I don't know why men's triathlon is not an emerging sport. It's apparently just women's, but uh, this was a surprise, and I'll, I'll have to do a deeper dive. I'm going to try to talk in depth with Chet Gladchuk and the coach. Uh, they've elevated the coach who was leading the program as a club program to remain as head coach as a, on the varsity level. So I've, I'm going to have to find out more about why it's an emerging sport within the NCAA and why Navy felt like it had to jump into this pond. Yeah, in fact, I talked to Eric Rudin about it. So the the men's triathlon team, there will still be club men's triathlon, or I think that's co-ed. There will still be club triathlon, but um, they had enough athletes and they had the support and they had the way to make uh, the women's triathlon team its own standalone, standalone D1 sport. And so they did it. Uh, best of luck to that. If anything, Chris Cervello and I were good at as public affairs officers. It was the triathlon. Thoughts on this, Chris? I just want to give a hat tip to Karen Samsol Quilty. I hope I said that name right. Class of 89, I believe. Husband is a grad, has a daughter at Navy. Uh, she hit us up on Instagram uh, to, you know, talk about uh, why this was a great idea. Even, you know, mentioned um, some other sports that she's heard may, um, you know, may end up as varsity sports that could make Navy the, the number one school when it comes to varsity sports. So, um, you know, kudos to her, kudos to all of the folks affected by this. And uh, I, I don't know, I, I think it's a good thing. I mean, I you want to keep that balance right. Um, I'd love to see hockey and boxing uh, join that group. But uh, if you can do it, I, I trust in Chet and the team that they're making the right decisions. So um, I, I like it. Me too, to be honest with you. And before we go to our preview of this weekend, uh, one last kind of reclamation story. Here we were with Coach Costi a couple of weeks ago, kind of wondering why they gave up 27 runs to Ohio. Um, you know, what the pitching situation was going to be. They were just about to go down to North Carolina and take on Air Force. And to be honest with you, we were wondering how successful they were going to be. Well, they go down there, they win the series against Air Force, and then they rolled back up here yesterday, or I think Wednesday, uh, and beat Coppin State. Logan Keller powered Navy baseball to a 10-2 win, uh, five ribbies, you know, basically going like full Adley Rutschman on Coppin State. Uh, congrats to baseball as they have turned around a tough start and now they sit at three and five um, as they go into this weekend. Wags, any thoughts on baseball before we do our weekend preview? Well, it's great to see baseball turn things around and, be, you know, sweep, taking the series from Air Force two out of three was huge. Air Force was a team that made the NCAA tournament last season. So that's a real confidence builder, but still a long ways to go in the baseball season, but it was outstanding to see, you know, anytime Navy's beating Air Force, we're happy. That's for sure. So 
What's going on this weekend, ladies and gentlemen? We want to wish good luck to the wrestlers. And they were out there um, getting after it last night, supporting the Navy basketball team uh, as the star winners against Army. They go up to Philly this weekend for the EIWAs. I know Wags loves talking to Kerry Colad about those. Uh, when they come back next week, we'll have some updates on how they did there. I mentioned men's lacrosse on Saturday. If you're in the, for the matinee at noon, come on out to Navy Marine Corps Stadium and support them. Baseball is also at home against UMass on Saturday at 1 p.m. Check them out. That's a little double dipper. Uh, 1 p.m. for the first game, 4 p.m. for the second game. And then women's basketball has their... Uh, Patriot League tournament game at 5 p.m. in D.C. at American. I personally, ladies and gentlemen, am just done with American University. I really don't want us to play them anymore. Uh, not good. Hey, the gymnasts are back. Come out and watch them take on William & Mary at 2 p.m. on Sunday, March 5th. Should be absolutely awesome. We were hoping that we were going to be watching a Patriot League semifinal game in basketball on Sunday. That is not to be, so why don't you come out and support the gymnasts? We also have men's tennis against Temple this weekend. Boo, Temple, they're the worst. Uh, they're taking them on Sunday, 9 a.m. at Tose, and then women's lacrosse after opening their season tonight against Oregon. They get on the road and take on Richmond. If you want to see the last game of the baseball series against UMass, that's at 1 p.m. Sunday as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap. Thank you so much to Xavier Ar to Xavier Arline. Uh, I will eventually pronounce his name correctly. Many thanks to Jamie Cook and Chris Cervello for his production. Wags, I'm going to give you the final word, and then we're going to take this baby to next week. Well, one other event I wanted to mention, I'm looking forward to going out tonight to Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium to see the Navy women's lacrosse team for the first time all season. They've been on the road for the opening month of the season, but Navy hosts Oregon at 6 p.m. Uh, Oregon's a strong program from out west. Uh, should be a good game. It'll be a, a great test for Navy, but I'm very eager to get eyes on the Navy women's cross team and see exactly uh, who's playing well and how the team looks, Sean. I wish I could join you, Wags. I'll be recreating our snuggly planes, trains, and automobiles moment from last year by being in Hamilton, New York this afternoon and then going to Syracuse University where the latest forecast still calls for 10 inches of snow. Who isn't excited about that? Uh, that's right, me. So ladies and gentlemen, for Wags and Chris, I'm John. This is Sing Second Sports. We'll see you next week. We're out. Thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play -play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.